Dynasty Podcast. We are here with your hosts, Dave Reed, Ryan Wilkinson, and Joey Gallo. Welcome in again to another episode of the NSFW Dynasty Podcast. Week 13 is in the books, boys. I'm your host, Dave Reed, joined by my co-hosts, Ryan Wilkinson and Joey Gallo. How are you boys feeling? Doing good. One week. Uh, I'm on sleep right now. Seven days, two hours, and 41 minutes till the fantasy playoffs. So getting excited for sure. Love the countdown. <laughs> yeah, it feels good. In a lot of leagues, you know, it's like you have those winning in matchups. So it's like it's almost like the playoffs kind of start now, right? Because in a lot of leagues, if you win this week, you're in. And if you lose this week, you're not making it in. So it's like the unofficial beginning of the playoffs. That's right. And there are a couple where it doesn't even matter anymore. And those are sad. <laughs> those are sad. But if you have weekly highs, you got one more week to go out and get them. And I know in one of ours, that is the unfortunate case for me. Um, and so, right, I got three weekly highs. I'm going for a fourth, but I have no shot at the playoffs. Yeah, let me ask you this real quick. <laughs> this is just like a, a quick inter- a, a quick question. I'm just curious. Quick question before we dive in. want to pick your guy's brain. If you're way out of contention in a league and your uh, next year's draft is going to get set by uh, like the reverse order of the, of the ending standings, what's your stance on like benching like high-performing players like – you know, if I were to put like, let's say you have Justin Jefferson, you put him on the bench and you swap in like Jahan Dotson or something like that, like fair game or not fair game? Well, you go first, Ra. I mean, I think it depends a little bit on the league, but I don't see how it's not fair game if you're starting a full lineup because, you know, who's to say one's not going to do better than the other? With This actually came up in our other leagues, kind of a similar situation of what if you are already guaranteed to be in the playoffs, but you can affect your playoff seed by almost losing on purpose. Because if you're the sixth seed, you're on the opposite side of the bracket of the one seed. Whereas if you're the fifth seed, you're on the the same side. So I kind of think it's fair game. I don't think you can just bench an entire team or anything like that. But if you're going to start a full team and everyone's playing in the lineup, you know, you could do that. And who's to say that Dotson's not going to perform better anyways. Yeah, I, uh, first of all, you, as we've mentioned, you have to start a full active roster. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't start inactive guys, but like yeah. from practice squads, they have to be fully active. Then from there, it's, it's to me, you can't force someone to make those calls. Uh, and this, it, it varies a little bit more in redraft than dynasty redraft. Like you can't be dropping good guys to pick up bad guys and starting those bad guys. That's like right. a little vert. So, but like dynasty, you're not. Your roster is your roster, and kind of like who's to say who's really gonna perform better another than another one? Sometimes they kind of backfire. Like you put, you bench like a good player. Like it happened actually. I was uh, a player in our league asked me about it, it before he set his lineup. I'm like, go for it. And he benched a few of his players. Like didn't bench him, just swapped him out for lower performing. And everyone he put in scored touchdowns. Perform better. <laughs> perform better. So I'm like, who am I? I can't tell you who to start. So as long as you're starting, guys, uh, I think it's it's fair game. Because also, especially in Dynasty, this is where it also gets kind of hairy, is that there are certain teams that just sell off all their assets, and their best possible lineup is trash. But wh- whoever's playing them is getting an easy win. And earlier in the season, that might not have been the case. Then how is that really different than someone who is still starting a full lineup just not the optimal lineup, and they didn't sell off their lineups. You're still getting the later in the season and better win. So it's your, when you got there a different route, but um, again, you, it, to me, it's you can't force someone to start a better lineup and make those choices for them. Right. And that's kind of how I approach it too. I kind of try and like tiptoe the middle ground of like, you know, like I'm not, I don't, I don't bench any of my, my studs. But anybody who's like right on the fringe, you know, if I'm like like in one league this this week, I'm starting Chigo Conquo over Dalton Kincaid, right? Mm-hmm. Like Dalton Kincaid's not a not a stud. He's got a matchup against KC. Dawson Knox is coming back. You could make the argument that Chigo Conquo is the better play there. But mm-hmm. if I was trying to win, I would assuredly start Dal- Dalton Kincaid, right? So I think that I, I try to like approach it in a way that I can explain the decision while also looking for 
strategic downside where where possible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and to to this point, and this is good because I think this a lot of people who are like also commissioners of their leagues think about if you want to limit this rather than set hard rules and tell people who they have to start and not obviously you have the active lineup, but just have penalties that player teams know about if they do really bad that's going to hurt them. So like. Or get rid of or uh, some of the benefit of finishing last. So, like, we have a lotto for the bottom four teams. It's a, And there's very small changes in the odds for those four teams. So, like, it's not a huge advantage to tank, over, overtly tank and get in last place because you're not getting really a benefit. We also, we've mentioned every pod, there's a low score penalty if you're the lowest score in the year. I don't think anyone's beating it after this week, and we'll get to that later. But <laughs> so that's kind of off the table now for this last week. But usually that's something we're like, you want to start a bad lineup, but not too bad because if it's too bad, you're going to have to pay 50 bucks for our league. But setting, setting things up that is like if people want to tank, they have the freedom freedom to do it, but they know the risk of it going into it. Yep. Yeah, and I, and I think half the time it really can backfire on you too. You know as soon as you put that other guy in there thinking he's going to do worse, they're going to go off and score yeah. a touchdown and actually screw you over worse. Oh yeah, it's literally karma. Well, yeah, I I couldn't tank if I tried on that, but if I try to, win, that's when it happens. Yeah. But one area that I did win in was the DK lineup. Just throwing that back out there because uh, I've had a lot of unfortunate stuff in real fantasy. So in uh, daily fantasy, I want to bring my hopes up, but it was looking pretty grim for me. I'm not gonna lie; I think I was trailing to be in last for a bit, but the Debo Purdy stack paid off big time, and actually in the final. Debo touchdown shot me all the way up to first, right over Ryan by a single point. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I was with you when it was going down too. Yeah, no, I thought I had it. Um, I knew you guys had Purdy though, so I knew if it didn't go to Debo, I was in trouble. But then it ended up going to Debo, and I still lost because Purdy got more points. But it's close. I'm right there. I'm gonna get it one of these weeks. One of these days. But um, Maddie came on. He he. He only, I think he finished one and two against us. Uh, yep. Beat Joe. It's all right, Joe. It's your second time in last place. But yeah, that, I'm, I'm on a good uh, pattern you, here of last place. <laughs> and I deserve last place this time. We'll get to my my Brock Purdy take going into this week. But I <laughs> was scared. Uh, I looked at him, and I looked at Debo, and I looked at Brandon Ayuk, and I was just scared of the weather and the road. And I I paid the price for it. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have doubted him. It's all right. It's all right. I mean, I, I wish I had Purdy because we're going to jump in the medical war because the reason why I was excited about Daly is that uh, a lot of my real fantasy teams hope so. Probably the dash mainly because Trevor Lawrence has a had a pretty rough high ankle sprain. He's not technically ruled out yet. I guess there is a chance he can play. Some people do play through a high ankle sprain, but it looked pretty bad. They made him walk forever to get out of the stadium. Um, and then Caesar <laughs> Pether, it was like, the most ridiculous thing. It was like 20 minutes later, the franchise quarterback still walking on a bum ankle. <laughs> no sense. Um, CJ Beathard came in. Um, didn't look great, but was serviceable, I guess. Uh, Kenny Pickett also had an ankle injury. He actually just had surgery on his high ankle sprain. He's out this week and probably next. We'll see what happens beyond that. But uh, Mitch Shabinsky is back in. Derek Carr had a, a rib uh, injury and also a concussion. He's likely missing this week. So we got Jameis Winston again. Just so many quarterbacks dropping out. Got Tank Dell, fractures fibula, which was brutal. Uh, don't know why he was blocking at 150 pounds or whatever it is, but uh, he had surgery and he's done for the year. Christian Watson, uh, again, hamstring for like the 50th time. Uh, he left the game and is definitely probably missing a couple weeks knowing him. Christian Kirk had core muscle injury, which I just found out today. He's going to miss six to eight weeks and effectively done for the season. Puka Nakua uh, had an AC joint injury on his right shoulder. He left the game a bit, but he actually got back in, had a huge day still regardless of it, and he should be back in this week and okay for week 14. Ramondre Stevenson had a high ankle sprain as well. People need stronger ankles. Uh, he left and missed, is going to miss multiple weeks. So you're going to see some Zeke. Got Derek Henry, who left with what appeared to be a concussion, but apparently is not in the protocol, so he should be okay for this week. But you did see what the upside of Tajay Spears could look like when he did leave. And Brian Robinson, um, he, he had a, a hamstring, I believe, it, it, which is going to be tough to come back from because he's on the bye right now, but hamstrings can linger, and he has not the greatest matchups going forward. So we'll see if he actually doesn't miss any time time because of that buy but we, we still don't know what the severity is there but what are you guys thoughts on some of those those major injuries 
Yeah, just another list of, you know, some pretty big names. I feel like we talk about it every week, but some big name quarterbacks, wide receivers and running backs going down. I think Christian Elite Kirk, quarterback. Elite. <laughs> elite. <Trevor Lawrence. laughs> I think Christian Kirk and Tank Dell for for the wide receivers going down is pretty big. Both of them weren't, you know, a top ten wide receiver, but they were having pretty good years and became really good, you know, wide receiver two or flex options for you. Um, Trevor Lawrence obviously out, but it does, we don't know how long he's out yet. So I, I won't say his was the worst one yet, but we'll see. I don't know, Joe. What, what do you think? There's a chance. There's a chance he plays. I, I'm impressed with the, the the volume, the sheer volume of different injuries Derek Carr has sustained throughout the course. <laughs> like, and none like, of them being talent. Yeah, like like guys. <laughs> like suffer from nagging injury like the same injury nagging them i feel like cars had like five different injuries throughout the course of the season um the kirk one hurts i think it hurts the whole i mean obviously right like kirk and lawrence both i i thought that the jags as a team were a little um i mean they if they had won that game they would have been the number one seed overall in the afc and they just to me, they don't read as a number one overall seed in the AFC. I think maybe they're a little bit worse than their record. Um, but from a fantasy standpoint, they seem to be the passing offense seemed to be working the best last week when Zay Jones had come back and they had the full complement of their receivers out there. Um, the passing offense looked pretty pretty good this week, even after Kirk went out and. Um, what was what is the the rookie uh, oh. who, who stepped in for him? Not Washington. Uh, I think it is Washington actually. Is it? Yeah, yeah, might Thanks. be. Uh, he uh, kind of Parker. Park, Parker. Parker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he performed pretty well in 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 Christian Kirk's absence. So I mean, maybe it's an opportunity for him. He's a little bit intriguing for me. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. The, the, the unfortunate thing for Kirk, probably the most unfortunate thing, is that. Uh, Twitter for the like 24 hours after his injury uh, was spreading rumors that he suffered like a testicular rupture or torsion or something like that. So he had everybody talking about how his injury was uh, related to his groin or his, his balls. And it turns it turns out that it was actually a core muscle injury. But there's there's quite a few articles out there. I was reading one right before we started recording that was like, did Christian Kirk really suffer testicular torsion? And and what is that? So <laughs> what is that? Yeah. I thought we've asked the question. Yeah. So um, uh, leave but, the man's balls alone. Yeah. Come unfortunately, <laughs> or fortunately for him, it, it seems to be a core injury, but it's unfortunate to have that type of uh, type of stuff going around Twitter. You know? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, I mean, would you consider your balls your core? Depends. I yeah, know. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's just what they're calling it. Who knows? Yeah, I know. I'm just asking. I'm asking questions, people. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were a bunch of painful. I mean, Christian Watson was actually looking like he was starting to become what we hoped all season long. So that kind of stinks that that got derailed again. But this is just kind of who Christian Watson is. He's just going to have like nonstop hamstring injuries. Um, and then Derek Carr, as you mentioned, he's always hurt, but. I'm I, you got Jameis Winston coming in. I'm an Olave owner. You're almost you don't like to see anyone get concussed, but you're almost like excited <laughs> going into the playoffs. Yeah. There, like the ceiling has been raised for for your boy. So I'm 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 trying to you know withstand my excitement, but uh, pretty pumped there. And then Tank Dell is just like you hate seeing it because he was I think like just the week before you you start talking that he was going to be a top fifteen wide receiver in dynasty. Um, and we were all like doubting him because he was too small. And then, of course, who, why is he blocking in the middle of that scrum? Like, yeah, I'm like a one yard got scrum. A one yard yeah. line, yeah, a, a goal line uh, pound from uh, Damian Pierce. And I don't know how Tank Dell is there. Like, why is he even on the field in that package? It doesn't make sense. But yeah, some brutal injuries. But we got a couple more coming back. You got uh, Dallas Goddard's coming back this week, it sounds like. So that's exciting. I know a lot of people are excited to get him back. And Justin Jefferson, finally, I think he was a full uh, participant in practice today. He will be playing in week 14. But there were a couple uh, – we obviously have our uh, weekly awards, but there were a couple other things we want to call out. I'm a little biased. Devon HN, dude, God, he came back from injury, and he looked great. Like, 
he, he finished where he picked up where he left off. He finishes the RB four and the last four full games that he's played. He's finished RB one, RB four, RB four and RB four. This guy's amazing. I'm so excited. Can he keep it up? Probably not. Um, and Mike Evans, monster day seven for 162 and one and first ever player now to have 10 consecutive seasons over a thousand plus yards which is just pretty pretty wild um but want to talk more about the comedy of the jet qb situation guys uh what's your guys thoughts did you, did you follow all the dramatics over the weekend of what was going on there yeah i, I saw it just because you sent it which i thought was hysterical that you know there was talk of uh, zach wilson maybe being the starter, but then questioning if he even wanted to be the starter, which it sounds like now he's actually going to be. Uh, but either way, yeah, what a disaster of a situation there. Boyle has now been released, and uh, they went with Simeon, but he got in and was terrible, and now Rypin, I think. Right, yeah, Rypin, Rypin, they said, but Zach, Zach is starting again. But yeah, they, it's, uh, uh, it's, <laughs> it's interesting for sure. <laughs> Brett Rypin, I have to, I have, I have to uh, shout out to the fantasy footballers. The nicknames on their show have always killed me. But this, <laughs> yeah. this, this season, <laughs> they uh, coined uh, Brett Rypin, Brett Rypin farts. <laughs> And, uh-huh. and every time they said, every time Jason said his name, he says Brett Rippin farts, and then <laughs> and then he got released, and it was like a terrible day. I remember get, then giving the update about how Rippin was released, and I was like, oh my god, this sucks because this has just been such a funny nickname for these two weeks of my life that he's been around, and now he's back. He's 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 back in the fold, and maybe he'll 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 manage to make an appearance or two. I, I don't know. I mean, quite frankly, it's a mess, but I think they just got to get through the end of the season. I'd imagine at this point, now that they're out of contention, they'll just ride, ride it out with Zach Wilson the rest of the way. And yeah, I hope they clean house. Uh, there, those, I don't think any of those coaches did a good job. I've been saying it, so many other teams with far less overall talent than Jets. Jets have talent everywhere have, Figured it out to not look as pathetic as the Jets have looked. Uh, they have not made any adjustments at all. And I don't think they've had the lower QB talent when you start looking at like rookies like DTR or DeVito looking better than what the Jets have been doing. But yeah. I'm hoping to get some more ripping action in there because that'd be <laughs> pretty fun <laughs> be, for content. Be good for the content. Yeah. Be good for the content. Um <laughs> But yeah, a couple final notes there. I mean, the Texans are, despite losing Tank Dell in a thriller uh, on the last play of the game, at wanting another game and looking like playoff contenders. Well, I don't know about contenders, but definitely playoff uh, playoff team. Chiefs don't really look that great, and the lack of weapons is kind of show there. Uh, but Green Bay, like Jordan Love is honestly starting to look really, really good lately. So uh, some of these teams, as the NFL season still has a, a few more weeks to go, you, 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 these are the players you want to start eyeing for dynasty or whatnot. If, when you start seeing players like they've had a whole f- season to develop and kind of see what they're doing, because as you get to the off season, you might these are the players you might start targeting uh, before they really blow up. But with that, figured we'll uh, jump in to our weekly awards. Unless you guys have any final final thoughts before we move on. Now let's do it. Chargers Pats. I just want to say it's ne- it's it's not often that you kind of look at a game and you say. Chargers against the Patriots, two stinky, stinky teams, stinky offenses uh, on the uh, like in Foxborough with cold and rain. I think the total in that game was 39. And all week I was telling the guys, is there like an is, is there a more obvious under of all time? And it, <laughs> it's never it's never as easy as it as it is until this week for that game. Six to zero final score. I'm not sure there was any points in that game where there was even a remote second that it was going to even come close to 30 points total scored. So, you, you know, when you're like watching the live lines, I just wonder how quickly that's shot down from the 39 or just like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. we're too high, get it down. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> it drops um, to 20. Yeah. Um, Jesus, yeah. so bad. Well, uh, that's okay. it. <laughs> moving on, we're going to get the bad taste of map by moving on to our Smash Williams Award. And uh, Joe and Ryan have similar teammates, but I'm going to have Joe start it off here because he kind of teased it before. Yeah, I'm giving it to Brock Purdy because uh, I didn't have the faith to take him, and uh, I paid the price for it. He 
in a little bit of weather. I mean, there was there's there's been these kind of whispers of Purdy being like more of a fair weather type of guy and not really great in the cold and the conditions. So uh, in a tough cold game in Philly with a little bit of rain on the road, one of the toughest places to play play in the league and a and a big kind of uh, high profile showdown of a game. Uh, balled out was the QB two on the week for fantasy four touchdowns, zero interceptions finished with a perfect passer rating and 30 fantasy points. So, you know, Brock Purdy certainly smashed. And, uh, honestly, I don't, I I think at this point it's, uh, maybe like a coin flip or he's like in the top two or three for, for MVP, but I think he's the leader actually. Yeah. It's like pretty remarkable that, uh, that he's, gone from being the last pick of the draft to potential potential MVP. And he deserves it because he's playing. I mean, granted, he's in he's in a great scheme with a great offensive line. Uh, you still have to make the throws, and he mm-hmm. makes the throws. So There was a, just a, another uh, tidbit there in another league I'm in with this guy, Ray Smith. Uh, we've been starting Brock Purdy over Mahomes the past two weeks in that Dynasty League, and it's actually been paying off because uh, we have that much confidence. The match has been uh, helpful too, but – uh, it's crazy. I never thought I'd be saying that. Yeah, I mean, I think the difference there is the weapons, right? Like that's what's really Big helping time. Brock Purdy. I mean, he literally has Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and Mahomes just doesn't have those weapons this year. He has Kelsey, um, and we're you know kind of seeing Rice starting to take over a little bit there, but otherwise he doesn't have the weapons that Brock Purdy has. Uh, but yeah, I you know kind of connected to Joe. I gave the Smash Williams Award to Debo Samuel this week. Surprisingly, he only touched the ball seven times, but that translated to 37.8 fantasy points. He rushed three times for 22 yards and touchdown, (laughs) and he caught all four of his targets for 116 yards and two touchdowns. And both receiving touchdowns were 40-plus yards, so uh, he had some some big plays. Uh, He's had a bit of an up-and-down year, but he's the wide receiver 22. He did miss two weeks, and... He's had five weeks in the top 15, so huge day for him and obviously Brock Purdy, which definitely helped you win your week. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of uh, wide receivers who blew up this week, uh, a lot of high scores across the board, but if starting your matchup with your wide receiver on Thursday night, who was also in a bad matchup against Dallas, go for six for 134 and three touchdowns, lean to a wide receiver one finish, you'd be feeling amazing. And that's what DK Metcalf did this past week. And that's who I'm giving my Smash Williams award to. Uh, Metcalf, actually, in some shallower leagues, he may, probably was benched, to be honest. Him and Gino have, have not been great over the past few weeks, especially last week where they put, like, the whole offense put up a dud against San Francisco. Um, but this week, he showed you the tantalizing upside that make many view him as a true dynasty wide receiver one. The guy's just simply bigger, faster, and stronger than everyone else on the field, and he's always capable of a game just like this or one or two of them every single year. And honestly, Gino looked much better as well, and so you're beginning to hope this is a sign of things to come. Um, so they do play San Francisco again in a rematch this week. Don't feel super great about it. Hopefully they perform better. But after that, the fantasy playoff schedule is great. They got Philly where everyone throws against them, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. So it's juicy to close out the year, and it wouldn't surprise me to see at least another one of these blow-up uh, games to, in the fi- fantasy playoffs. Yeah, it it, uh, it took trading Mike Evans and – <laughs> team is silly now Jake's right, yeah. Dobbs and half <laughs> the roster in order to, for to wake some of the guys up uh took me trying to trade Metcalf to half the league throughout the course of the season but I tried uh, you want to give them to me I know they finally uh the, the boys finally came through and uh DK definitely led the way well I have a I have a few guys I think in my columns that are on your roster right now Joe so I think uh, I'll keep that going because I believe is Matthew Stafford also on your lineup Another guy that I uh, aggressively tried to tra- trade for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's getting my he's all that award because, again, only a couple of weeks ago, too, and this is probably why, people were just worried that Stafford was hurt and maybe headed for retirement. And now in back-to-back weeks, he had top 10 QB finishes. This week, finishing as a QB 8 on the back of 279 and three touchdowns. And the Rams right now are currently a throw-first offense, uh, which is huge for Stafford today because he's just thrown touchdowns left and right. 
Um, and in a landscape right now where quarterbacks, as you heard us, are dropping like flies in the medical ward, uh, the old busted quarterback that you may have gotten on the cheap uh, at the deadline or is now on a team that was trying to sell him and couldn't, as Joey's team is, uh, that he could turn into a league winner down the stretch. And, and Joe, don't worry. We still have a, a consolation or toilet bowl bracket that he can ball out for you on. Plenty of time for my team to turn it back right on. <laughs> turn it right on. Start sucking again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but uh right how about you Who, who's your uh he's all that so i gave the he's all that award to rasheed rice we talked a little bit about it but he didn't have a huge week he only had eight catches for 64 yards but i'm mainly giving him the award because it appears he has finally established himself as the wide receiver one for the chiefs so going forward he should be a weekly start and a solid depth piece for your wide receiver room he also had eight catches last week for 107 yards and a touchdown. And other than Kelsey, who had four and six catches the last two weeks, no other Kansas City player had more than three catches either game. So Mahomes is really starting to target him. And he's probably the only Chiefs wide receiver you can really feel confident starting going forward. Uh, and so, I think he's so not a, Justin Watson. Not, not Justin Watson. I believe he put up a dud, right? Yeah, he goosed. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> and he yeah, it, you really can't start anyone else except uh, Kelsey and Rice in terms of uh, pass catchers there, but he should be fo- solid for the fantasy playoffs going forward. Yeah, and there's another Chief, right? right yeah, I was going to say, I, I honestly didn't even notice this as I was putting it in the show doc that we picked a lot of uh, the same teams. So mine is uh, Isaiah Pacheco, who I said last week, uh, I can't get enough of watching this guy play. I just feel like he's got such an aggressive style of running. And for the last couple of weeks uh, in this offense where we kind of feel like Kansas City's uh, in desperate need of skill guys, I just feel like they're, they should be giving him the ball maybe more than anybody else aside from either either Rice or, or Kelsey, and maybe even, maybe even more than them, to be totally honest. They've been giving it to him more the last couple – the last couple of weeks he's had more rushing volume on average than he had kind of for, for the whole uh, first eight or nine weeks of the season previous. Uh, he's rushing this week. He rushed for six yards a carry. Uh, he got 18 carries was over a hundred yards on the day, had two touchdowns last week, another touchdown this week. And it, I just think that, uh, you know, last year he was a, uh, a training camp kind of, fantasy darling and flashed a little bit and this year he's really just kind of demonstrated that he 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 might actually be one of the better running backs in the league and somebody that I think can can probably I mean he runs aggressively he's got that like style of running where he he'll be here for a good time not a long time <laughs> but, the t- but the time that he's here uh, I think he's probably got another couple of years like this in the tank yeah, it may be even sure if he keeps punching helmets. That's not usually a uh, <laughs> yeah. smart thing to do as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got to make it uh, the whole game without getting ejected. But yeah, but yeah, no, he looks good. Like you said, he he runs very aggressively and just looks like he's going full speed every single play he's out there. So yeah. pretty crazy too. That the last two guys, actually, Joe, you mentioned were both seventh round draft picks that beat out the first round draft pick at the same position which is it's pretty crazy that these top teams can just whiff so hard in the first round but they are just getting so lucky in the late rounds it doesn't even matter yeah you know it's funny uh i I wasn't sure who my you're not that guy is gonna be but uh the the comment you made there just gave me an idea of uh who of who we might go with so all right we'll we'll put a bookmark in that one put a a bookmark remember remember guys in fact, you can fast forward. We'll, we'll tell you when it was. Uh, but anyway, Joe, why don't you keep it going? Because I, your next guy is definitely the most fun one. We're happy to see this guy back in the league. <laughs> yeah, Joe Flacco. I mean, just a, uh, it's a great story. And, the you know, when you hear that he's going to be out there and starting, you're kind of just like 38 years old. Like, how, how the hell is he, he going to look? And QB 13 on the week. He had 17 fantasy points. Somehow threw for over 250 yards, threw for two touchdowns, which is more touchdowns than Jalen Hurts and C.J. Stroud and Patrick Mahomes and Kyler Murray and Sam Howell and Justin Herbert. So I got to say, good job by you, Joe Flacco. And uh, 
I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting to see where uh, the Browns go in the future, right, with DTR likely getting recovering from his concussion and coming back. I don't know if they're going to – Flacco's going to get another opportunity this week. Um, but he, uh, he filled in admirably. So uh, good job, Joe Flacco. Yeah, he looked serviceable, and, and that's honestly why the Jets QB situation is such a disaster to me. Like, there are these guys out there that they could have picked up and actually had at least a serviceable QB, and you look at the four or five guys they've gone with recently, just every single one of them is basically droppable. So it's just and mind-blowing. They already had the Joe Flacco jersey. It was already me. Just yeah, like, bring them back. It <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> Um, but I'll keep it going. I gave the Doug Flutie Hail Mary award to Zay Jones. He finished with 10.3 fantasy points, nothing huge, but on a week that had a few buys, you know, he was serviceable in your flex if you threw him in there. And then going forward, it depends a bit on the health of Trevor Lawrence, but he did have eight targets. And this was really his first game back since week one, where he had a high snap share percentage. So, you know, Christian Kirk is now out. He's in. Uh, if Trevor Lawrence is fully healthy, he probably will support Evan Engram and Zay Jones, and he could be a really good flex going into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, love Zay Jones. Uh, he's always been someone that I feel like has always been a good streamer, and you, you don't realize, like, I don't think enough people realize how good he is until he's actually on your team. But the injuries of this year has kind of made it harder to get him in, and obviously now Trevor Lawrence, please get healthy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, if he's healthy – huge upside there to close up the season. But with that, I'll jump into my Doug Flutie Hail Mary award, and that's James Conner. Um, revenge game uh, narratives are always fun going into the week, and uh, James Conner was going up against his former team in the Steelers. But when they actually come through, it's even more fun. And he actually finished this week as the RB5 with 22.5 points on 25 carries for 105-2. and two. Um, and honestly, most of the season, he's been a bit of a disappointment, mainly due to injury. Um, but he's also playing for a bad team. And lately, he's had a, like a weird lack of usage, uh, especially last week. That made it starting Connor like a pretty risky proposition. Um, he hadn't scored double digits uh, in points since week three. Uh, and this game, if you watched it, which took all day, was the most bizarre thing ever. There was two long weather delays. You actually almost forgot what was going on at all. It, it felt like it was ending after the 4 p.m. slot of games, and it was in the 1 p.m. slot, Eastern Standard Time, of course. Um, but regardless, Arizona relied on Connor throughout this game, which you'd love to see. Um, and Arizona actually got up early and leaned on him to ice the game. Now, unfortunately, he is on a bye uh, this week, and he has some brutal matchups uh, in the fantasy playoffs. The, he has the 49ers in Week 15 and Philly in Week 17, which are tough teams to run on. But he helped you get a win in Week 13, so bravo to you, Connor. Yeah, you know, uh, um, we had a couple of the guys that had uh, wagered on uh, Connor to score a touchdown, just kind of hoping that they would give him the volume in his return to Pittsburgh. He went to college in Pittsburgh. He obviously played for the Steelers, but um, yeah, he looked good. He scored twice. Not more you can ask for there. And yeah. keeping it going, another guy who, in our Fry for a Trailer Park award, someone who you definitely were not expecting a lot, and especially if you watched how he played last week, is my award of Jake Browning. He was the QB4 with 30 points. He went 32 for 37, which led to 354 and one touchdown, plus another 22 rushing yards and a, a touchdown on the ground, and doing this all on Monday Night Football. Um, and honestly, he looked lights out. I mean, 32 for 37 is pretty incredible. And he ultimately led the Bengals to an overtime victory. Um, and he hit Chase for a 76-yard uh, touchdown in the third quarter, which if you're a Chase owner, you're excited to see because those are the plays that – Chase thrives on. He in the start of the game, I think he had like six for like twenty yards or something like that. So you were a little worried, like, is this what the offense is? But nope. Throwing it deep. You love seeing it. And they actually let Browning loose, which is kind of huge to see because a lot of times backup quarterbacks they kind of rein the game plan in and they were letting him kind of flourish a little bit more. And this upcoming week, he's playing the Colts too, which is another great matchup. So again, we this is like a running theme at this part of the season. So many QB injuries. Uh, that's one of the reasons why Browning is even playing to begin with. Um, but with a couple more buys this week and all these injuries, he's going to be a pretty serviceable QB2 and Superflex, I think, in 12-team in league. So 
great, great performance week 13. And I think it's going to continue into week 14. Yeah, you looked really good. And, you know, if you had any of the playmakers there, like Chase or Mixon, you were a little worried, you know, once Joe Burrow went down, but it might not be consistent, uh, but he's shown he can at least support them. And, you know, going into the fantasy playoffs, you can probably feel a little more comfortable starting those guys. I think Joe Mixon even finished as the RB1 on the week. Um, yeah. He did so well. And I know Chase had a big day too. So looks good. And yeah, hopefully he can keep it going. And while we uh, talk about another quarterback who actually uh, showed up in a situation we're not expecting. Yeah, you mentioned him earlier, Geno Smith, in a week where uh, I benched him. I would imagine a lot of people benched him um, in maybe his toughest matchup that he'll face the entire year. Uh, Comes through with QB1 overall performance on the road at Dallas on Thursday with a subpar offensive line. Uh, came came through and picked really a hell of a time to have his uh, his best game of the season, and they they honestly they were live. They almost won the game. Uh, they played. He played great. Obviously, we talked about DK Metcalf earlier through three touchdowns, a couple of them to DK. So, uh, you know, I I think that going forward, there's there was a lot of hope that uh, Seattle would be uh, Seattle's passing attack would be. Um, maybe a league winner with their playoff schedule. And uh, this was a definitely a step in that direction for, for Gino in the offense. So uh, yeah, as far as matchups go, it doesn't really get much worse. And, and he really came through. Yeah, he looks good. Um, I'll go to the running back position here. So I gave the Ferrari in a trailer park award to Chuba Hubbard. He had 22.4 fantasy points, 25 carries for 104 yards and two touchdowns. And talk about overcoming a situation. He began the season as the RB2 on his own team, but it's pretty clear he's completely taken over the backfield from Miles Sanders. He's also on the Panthers, who are 1-11. So the fact that he's performing despite the team around him means he's definitely deserving of the award. And he had 17.7 fantasy points last week, so... Again, another guy that heading into the end of the season here is looking really good. You, you probably didn't spend a lot of draft capital on him, but uh, especially in Dynasty, I think you went in the 16th round of our league. Uh, you know, diamond in the rough and someone that could you know hold you through these next few weeks. Yeah, de- definitely showed up. He's clearly the RB one there. Miles um, Sanders, I just don't like. That's the, one of the biggest yeah. misses I think I personally had. I know Joe, you felt the same way on the whole season. Yeah. Traded up for him. Ultimate, ultimate, not that guy. I would definitely, I don't know yeah. if it's me or one of you guys, but he's definitely been a not that guy yeah. for us. For weeks. For weeks. And now, yeah. he is still definitively not that guy. Yeah. He, he's almost been that not that guy for so long that he is that guy that is not that guy. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> we couldn't give him the award because it's, it's too obvious. It's too yeah. obvious. But moving on, uh, we got the 28 to 3 biggest letdown dud. Uh, and we got a trio of running backs, but uh, Joe, because uh, this this guy hurt me as well. I'm going to let you go first. <sighs> Jalen Warren. Uh, this was a, this was a spot that I was really excited for Jalen Warren. Um, smash spot for Pittsburgh. Smash spot for their offense as a whole. And the last two weeks since they fired Matt Canada, the the the, the kind of the, the speak from coming from the coaching has been we're going to get George Pickens the ball more. We're going to get Jalen Warren involved more. Uh, didn't have a great week last week. Six fantasy points this week, which is obviously a major letdown against Arizona. But then if you look at the numbers, right, like he ran for uh, six plus yards per carry. He basically had got nine rushes, uh, turned that into 60 yards. But again, he sees 40-something, 45 or 49% of the snaps compared to Najee's 65-70. And the fact that the game script was bad doesn't necessarily help from a running perspective, but you would think he would be on the field more than Najee. But, uh, you know, even towards the end of the game, they still had Najee out there when they were in two-minute drill offense just trying to scramble to get additional points on the board to salvage it from being, you know, not a complete embarrassment. Uh, I think he deserves more opportunity than he's getting. And I think if he got more opportunity, I mean, look, like we talked about uh, the, the the three weeks before 
uh, Matt Canada's firing. He had put together weeks of 12, 18, and 24 fantasy points, um, over 100 yards, two of those three weeks. Uh, had quite a bit of uh, involvement in the passing game, four targets, four targets, three targets. Um, but, you know, the fact is he's a victim of the committee that he's in. And uh, if you can't overcome a matchup against Arizona, then I'm not necessarily sure how much uh, confidence owners can have in, in Warren heading into the playoffs. And he's got some, I, I mean, New England this week, New England's actually, their defense is is actually half decent. Um, they they have like set some kind of a record for most most consecutive games giving up fewer than ten points but still losing. Um, but they they face uh, after that they face Indianapolis, Cincinnati, and Seattle, which are good, um, real pretty decent matchups for a running back. But uh, you know I just don't unless something happens to Najee, I just think it's going to be a coin flip for which one of them is going to is going to come through for you. Yeah, and. Uh... Warren, I, he actually had 59 yards, and I'll tell you why I know that. Uh, because the line was 59 and a half, which I took, and uh, I would have wished he got to 60. And I was like, yeah. And as you saw, he was he had the yards per carry, just wasn't getting the work. It was a weirder game. He, they were down to the Cardinals, which typically doesn't happen. So, like, if they were up in the game, maybe there's more opportunity to run. Uh, but I agree. It's it, If Najee's going to get that much more work, it makes starting Warren riskier when – just a few weeks ago, it looked like he may be the lead back and could run away with it. So I still love him. Uh, still one of my guys, but uh, definitely definitely was a lot down there. Yeah, it hurt. But, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, talk about a guy uh, who, who is not splitting carries and <laughs> getting a full workload but still not performing. I gave the 28-3 award to Austin Eckler. I believe Dave gave him the award last week as well, but he deserves it again. 3.7 fantasy points, his lowest total of the season. He's averaging five points per game over his last three weeks. And he rushed 14 times for 18 yards, so it was real bad. And talk about the New England defense. They may not be that bad, but you know they definitely shouldn't be holding Austin Eckler to 18 yards on 14 carries. So uh, I don't think you can consider him an RB1 going forward. He's more of a, a boomer bust type RB2 option right now, and that's not something you want to hear heading into the end of the season, but he just hasn't been performing and honestly doesn't really look like himself, and the Chargers as a whole just don't seem to be doing too great. So you likely don't have better options, but – I don't know. What do you guys think? Do either of you consider benching him at all? If you have someone like a Chuba Hubbard who we just talked about or anything like that, or are you sticking with him all the way through? Well, if he gets, if he's on NBA jam rules, if he gets another letdown award, we, do we move him down? In other words, is that the rule? If you get it three times in a row, but I don't know, Joe, what's your thoughts? Cause I know you own him in another dynasty league. Yeah. Um, I'm not benching him. I think I'm just going to, Go down with the ship, as they say. Um, Denver, Vegas, Buffalo, Denver is a nice matchup uh, and, or a nice stretch of matchups. Denver is – they started off the season horrendous against the running back, which is, I think, maybe making them seem like a better matchup than they actually are. But Vegas and Buffalo are good matchups. So I think you, I think you just got to keep putting them in there and hope for the best. The problem is the team's not playing very well. They're not really – scoring many points and not winning many games. So, uh, you know, I, I think in dynasty, you, you likely don't have other options. Maybe in redraft you have options, but in dynasty, you're, you're like, I don't know. I'm running back depth. is hard to come by, especially when you're in 12 team leagues. And when, uh, you know, you got to start like with deep rosters and I don't know how many starting positions, a lot of like the league where I own Eckler and you got to start like, uh, 12 10 or 12 guys so um yeah i'm just uh it's i i have the decision of do i bench austin eckler for the likes of here i'll ask you guys you tell me austin eckler or khalil herbert it's got to be eckler there yeah herbert herbert's yeah. like maybe droppable yeah. and so yeah. just austin eckler or keaton mitchell uh, maybe mitchell in a couple of weeks i, I could yeah. wait one more week but uh, yeah. i wouldn't do it this week 
I think in Dynasty, these are the types of guys that you're like uh, kind of wrestling between. Um, if Eckler stinks again and, and Mitchell looks good, I might do that the subsequent week. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. The, the crazy part is that there's even a question of potentially doing it because he's just been so bad the last three weeks. He also, like, he doesn't look good. Like, he, I don't know if he's hurt or if he's just hit the cliff, but he doesn't look explosive. And that's his biggest trait was his explosiveness. And there's, uh, I may have mentioned this guy last week, but this guy, Kyle Borgoni, who's also part of the, the ballers, uh, you know, ecosystem. He tweeted out Eckler's yards gained on rush attempts the past two weeks. So here's them. It's in order. Negative one, two, 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 three, five, five, six, six, negative seven, negative two, <laughs> zero, one, 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 two, two, three, four, 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 four. So like, there's no explosive plays there. Uh, yeah. It's been brutal. And that's, I, yeah. again, is he injured? Is it just that he's hitting the cliff? Uh, I don't know what turns it around for him, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just got to ride it out. Hope that he finds the fountain of youth and go out in a blaze of glory. Maybe he maybe he leads you to a championship this year and you can sell him for whatever you can get Stare in the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, who knows? But we got another guy that uh, kind of uh, has a different career path than the Eckler that we just talked about, but Zach Moss. Um, he's returning from the dead with the Justin uh, JT, excuse me, uh, Jonathan Taylor injury. And many were expecting Zach Moss with that injury to be getting the full workload, become the RB1 that he showed at the beginning of this year. And guess what? He got the full workload. He got 19 rushes and two receptions. But unfortunately, he looked like the Zach Moss that we've seen every year before this season. Uh, With 21 touches, it only yielded a total of 57 scrimmage yards and 6.7 fantasy points, which still RB27 to finish, but like that's not a good point total and didn't really help your team. Um, and I will say the Titans aren't the easiest matchup for running backs, but this was a far cry from what you were expecting and what you've seen throughout the season so far from him. But he did still play 94% of the snaps, which is an elite number, and he does get a softer Bengals defense next week. So I'm still going to currently be rolling him out there. But in week 13, you just got to say he pooped his pants. That's really it. Yeah, it was it was incredibly disappointing. Um, yeah, I thought he was going to smash too. I had him in my DK lineup, thought that was a lock for sure. But mm-hmm. um, like you said, Bengals next week, maybe he improves. Um, and he was good to start the season. So I think I think it's there, but definitely a, a big letdown. I think it's a little bit of a reflection of the matchup. They were in, It was a weird game. They were down early and they were playing catch up. Uh, the passing offense, Pittman had a big game. Um I was hoping he'd have a big week so that I could try to sell him for some value in a couple of leagues where I'm not competitive, but I have him. And, you know, the ballers were talking about him as a potential league winner with their, uh, with the Colts playoff schedule and uh, Jonathan Taylor being out, but uh, he didn't really do much. He had one opportunity to go out there and put his, put himself on display to, to, to bump up his trade value for me. And uh, he didn't do anything. So I held on to him because I'd rather hold than give somebody a, what I think is a, is a bargain. Uh, I'm the same way too. I, I'd rather keep that ass on my team yeah. and get nothing for him than yeah. give anyone a discount. I'm, I'm taking these guys down with me. Somebody <laughs> offered me like a 10th and a 10th and 12th, like pick swap, like Moss and uh, a 12th for a 10th. And I'm just like, I, I mean, Get the fuck out of here! Wow. We're not I'm, we're not doing anyone's favors I'm, here. I'm moving, up, I'm moving up two spots from the twelfth to the tenth to give you a starting running back for the rest of the season. You're already in first place. No, yeah, yeah no. Way. I'd I'd rather have Zach Moss. I still think he he's got it in him, and he could have a good fantasy playoff run. Yeah, he. I I think I really think he will. I think he will too. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I love the stubbornness, Joe, especially as a team that has been very unfortunate in that exact league you're referring to. Um, yeah. I Please don't help the teams above me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll keep it going uh, with the You're Not That Guy Award, and I think it's fine to finally be calling Terry McLaurin to the podium here. Um, Cardio King himself, he played 82% of snaps, ended up with three targets going 
zero for zero. <laughs> Scary Terry ghosted your fantasy team and my DK lineup, yet I still somehow won. Um, Sam Howell is leading the league in pass attempts, and the assumed wide receiver one for Washington is currently the wide receiver 30 on the year, and he hasn't even a buy yet where basically every other team has. Uh, he does have 100 targets already, but that's just for 60 receptions, 694 yards, and two touchdowns on the year. He hasn't scored double digits in five weeks, and he now finally does go on his bye. And then after that, he has the Rams, Jets, and 49ers to close out the fantasy playoffs. No thank you, in my opinion. And in Dynasty, you honestly may not have any other options. Uh, so I'd be spending week 14 scouting all the rookies and other young players on my roster currently, see if any of them are starting to be featured more in their offenses because I honestly might start pivoting away from McLaurin in the fantasy playoffs. Like you simply cannot trust him right now. I honestly would not be surprised to see guys like Mingo or Hyatt or even Wicks and Tillman be better options down the stretch in the fantasy playoffs. But I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts on uh, what once was a big name in Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely been scary. Just hasn't been great. Um, we have him, and honestly, like you said, we saw he has a bye this week, and my head kind of went, oh, that's kind of maybe a good thing. We'll get him out of our lineup. We don't have to score the same thing as last week. <laughs> yeah, you know, because he's one of those guys where, you know, you feel like you have to start him. He is getting the targets. He is a name. He is supposed to be a wide receiver one, but – you know, he's just not performing. So we're moving him to our bench because he's on the You can get that, that muscle motion in of like moving him out and putting that rookie in and seeing and then like yeah. if it does yeah, well, it it's, not, it's not a huge risk. You're like, ah, I did it last week. Might as well do it again this week. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. But yeah, he hasn't been great. It's just uh, a weird offense. It's yeah. been frustrating all year with the off and on target volume for, for Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel all of a sudden the last couple of weeks has had this resurgence where he suddenly looks to be Sam Howell's number one or most preferred target. Uh, so it's a weird offense. It's hard to predict. I still really, really like the talent. And I think that in a different situation, he could be performing significantly better, but uh, it's just, it's tough to it's tough to anticipate where the touchdowns are going to go in this offense and and right now currently they're going to Sam Howell on the ground quite quite honestly yeah, yeah the- I was gonna say that he, he rushed for two and they they are passing the ball around a lot if anything too because like you said Dotson's had some weeks McLaurin has had some weeks Logan Thomas had some weeks Curtis yeah. Samuel is now relevant and then Sam Howell is rushing so. It's a bit tough to predict who you actually want to start on that well, offense you, right now. You want to start Sam Howell. Um, yeah. I mean, but <laughs> but uh, the other thing about McLaurin, he's 28. He's going to be 29 next year too. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how much more you get, you get out of this guy, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but another wide receiver that I had who I'm giving the you're not that guy to – Hollywood Brown, uh, he also finished week 13 with a dud, and he did exit the game in the third quarter with a heel injury, but he still had zero catches in the first half on three targets. He had 12 targets last week, but still only caught six of them. He started the season scoring over 10 fantasy points in four out of the first five weeks, but over the last eight weeks, it's been brutal. He's only had one uh, 10 points two weeks where he's had more than 10 points and those were 11 and 12 point weeks. So everyone thought he would turn it around with Murray coming back, but his production hasn't improved at all. And Murray has had a QB six, nine and 18 weeks. So it's not like Murray's, you know, he's not performing at the level he can, but he's not doing terrible. And we talked about James Conner earlier. He ran for 105 yards and two touchdowns this week. So Part of it is that Murray and Connor have been rushing more and Brown's been dealing with a heel injury, but you drafted him pretty high and he probably would have gone even higher if Murray wasn't out to start the season. So, you know, I think if you owned him, you were hoping for a wide receiver one or at a minimum wide receiver two production and he hasn't been anywhere near there. Two words, Trey McBride. He is the alpha in that offense right now in the passing offense. (laughs) He really is. I have like, uh, a must-win matchup this week in one of my leagues, and Trey McBride, McBride is on bye, and it's uh, it's kind of devastating. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Like he, 
they are like the game. They are just constantly throwing. There was one where it looked like he scored a touchdown. They took I don't know why so long on the replay to figure out if it was or not. It took forever, and then very next play, right back to him for a touchdown. <laughs> and like, they, and they're throwing it like high, low. Like it's they're just feeding him, and he's making crazy plays. And he, I think he's more trusting than uh, Hollywood. And who knows? Like then you're gonna get Michael Wilson back. It's. Uh, it's it's hard it, it's hard to keep calling him Hollywood. I don't I don't know. He's just poo poo brown. I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are, Joe. Yeah, you know, like uh, uh, I'm not writing him off completely, but uh, I I'm not as optimistic as I once was going into last season. There was a lot of optimism, and he started off last season like absolutely on fire. And it just doesn't seem like he's been able to regain that form ever since then. So, unfortunately, yeah. uh, I don't think he's uh, he's got much of that guy left in him for the rest of his career. I agree. But I'm very excited to see what the mystery of Joe's. Yeah, you know, I had a really hard time. With my, <laughs> I had a hard time with my you're not that guy this week. I, I, I like I looked through the whole uh, the whole gamut of fantasy players and options and. There's really not any one player that was sticking out to me uh, as a selection. Uh, I, I I teased earlier when we were talking about R- Rasheed Rice and, and uh, Isaiah Pacheco that uh, Sky Moore, if I had to choose anyone, but I feel like but I feel like we've chosen Sky Moore before. Like he's, yeah, he's already he's not that guy. One of those guys who is definitively already not that guy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give my "You're Not That Guy" award this week to uh, Jets head coach Robert Sala. Mm, who yes, I agree. Who I just I don't think uh, is the right guy for the job. And great pick, Jeff. Great pick. <laughs> It's been it's been it's been a couple years now where it just seems like there's always guys on that roster that are like airing out the locker room dirty laundry to the media. There's constantly, I mean, granted, they drafted a high uh, draft capital quarterback who hasn't really produced, but um, you know that everything that's the the whole ongoings this year about you know him just completely, you know. Just, just blindly supporting, mindlessly supporting Zach Wilson in the media, and it's just a been a huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and and now to the point where you're getting, we kind of talked about this fiasco a little bit earlier. You're you're, you're hearing whispers um, of, you know, him having to go back to Wilson and tuck his tail between his legs and ask him if he wants to be the quarterback again, and Wilson telling him to fuck off and that he's not, he's never going to play quarterback. <laughs> And, and and then they have to smooth it over and lie and say I, it's just it's a mess and i i don't necessarily know that he is he is the right person for the job there i don't know what will happen in the offseason because obviously um i don't know what aaron Rodgers' opinion is and he, his opinion probably counts for quite a bit uh and i know that nathaniel Ackett uh he gets a lot of shit but i don't think he's i think he's an objectively bad offensive coordinator too I think that the fa- the fact that he had good years in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers was a reflection of Aaron Rodgers and not his offense. So the cards are stacked against him, but uh, Robert Sal, I don't think you're the guy for the job, and uh, I, I think the Jets should should look to move on and get somebody else in there while they still have this this short window to try and win a Super Bowl. Uh, I love the pick. Uh, I've been on this. Uh... Same side for a little bit, but after this week, 100% too. And I'll like just kind of leaning into it more. Like, I think you got to fire all the coaching staff. I think they're all the blame. I've already mentioned so many other teams with far less supporting talent has done far and looked far better than the Jets have with worse and honestly, probably worse talents at quarterback. They've just changed up the, they've coached up the team. Um, and this all kind of goes back to like if you watch the first episode of Hard Knocks, like the team was sucking Rogers' dick. That was it the whole time. Like the the coaches could not didn't want to coach anything. Just like we're going to be good because we have Rogers and he can do all these things, and made the team believe that we're going to be good because we have Rogers. Then you take Rogers away and they don't know how to adapt. They're just lost. Um, and Rogers is running the team right now, like a hundred percent. I don't know. And I was. <laughs> I was reading another like Jets insider who's like kind of fed up to him and just wants a clean house. And honestly, get rid of Rodgers too next year. Because if you think about it, Rodgers 
in what was it like twelve seasons, won one Super Bowl. So like he he's not like Brady where he comes to your team and automatically brings this winning culture. He hasn't really shown that in the past. On the same Green Bay Packers team that Jordan Love is on with all the same talent, couldn't win games last year, missed the playoffs. Jordan Love is leading this to a better team than Rodgers did last year. So I don't really know. Like Rodgers is not currently or shown right now to be this crazy elite talent that's going to – you should upend your entire franchise like people do for Brady or LeBron. So I think that's the poison pill that kind of screwed the Jets, and they just brought in – Basically, namesake coaches. Sal's not really the coach. He's Rogers is the coach, and Sal's just the figurehead. Um, but that's a great call, Joe. That was a uh, very insightful. Yeah. Well, Rogers is coming back in a few weeks too, so we'll be able to see. What he, he is not there. coming back. He is not coming back. <laughs> uh, what a joke! Uh, I'm but, glad we're all in agreement. All in agreement. That was yeah. It got me got me a little fired up there. But uh, speaking about <laughs> terrible teams, I think we should get into a higher yeah. low score. Only that might be worse than the Jets. Jesus. Uh, so we've been. Uh, it's been a running bit here that no one was going to beat Ryan's low score. We had gone twelve weeks. Uh, no one really getting that close. In fact, this week two teams actually went below. Um, I believe Harry and Dan actually got it, like just got to the sixty mark. Um, but fortunately, someone put up the most abysmal score I could ever imagine ever in a super flex where you start 10 roster spots. Uh, the, the Clark Sost, uh scored 33.8 points. That's right. Their team averaged 3.9 points per player. Uh, that is out of control bad, and that is not going to get beat with one week left to go, I can safely say. But they are now the holders of the lowest score. And Joey, as we mentioned, his team, who is no longer has a shot in the playoffs, is been on a tear lately. You do not want to see him right now. He was the weekly high this week with 174.48. Uh, yeah. I mean, I said it, I think, a couple week 11 when I played you, and you didn't have Bajan or Pittman and almost beat me. I was like, I don't want to play Joey's team because he's going to get two of the best players in his team is putting up points. Yeah. I mean, and – What's the what's the uh, what's the high score on the? I think it's two hundred. Like two hundred will get you there. Uh, Ryan just one ninety nine point four eight. So not even one. You can't even round up to two hundred. Type one. I'm gonna have to do some uh, math to see my replacement value players, Hunter Henry and Miles Sanders that I had in there for uh, Mike Evans, who was dealt. Oh, your optimal score was two hundred two. Yeah, I wonder if I had. Uh, I kept Mike Evans too, and yeah, what are you gonna do, right? The yeah. team's looking good for next year. We've got, we're got, we're getting uh, confidence under the belt, and we're we're looking ahead to 2024. We just need uh, Team Cropa to uh, to fucking lose. See, <laughs> yeah, I guess as, as soon as humanly possible, so that that oh. extra first round pick is nice and high. He, he's playing the team that scored 60 points last week, so not yeah, not looking and, great. And, and his team is. Uh, has re has has fa- rediscovered its early season form and uh, is yes. back to dominance. Yeah, I mean, I put up a huge week and he he blew up. I mean, he had two guys that scored more than Clark Clark Sauce's entire team scored. There were six <laughs> players that put more than a whole team put up. Two of them were on Crope's team, um, and Debo and Tyreek, unreal. But that uh, that's a good segue we're into some with one week left. A couple of our key matchups uh, and keeping it in that division. Uh, Cropes playing again, uh, playing uh, Harry and Dan. If he wins and I lose, Cropes going to get the the bye. Uh, and I'm feeling like there's a good chance it happens. Playing Scott's team, which is very strong, and I only have Minshew now as my quarterback with Ta, Trevor Lawrence going down and Howell on bye. Uh, I am projected to win, but I hate when I'm projected to win because that just scares me, and I feel like I, my team puts up a dud. But – yeah, who knows? I could be slipping in out of the, the division lead and falling out of my body spot with that loss this past week. And then a couple other key ones is Kaffer and Mike Kaffer, Mike Williams are only pretty much locked up the number one seed uh, because they are playing Clark Sauce, who <laughs> they just could start three players and beat Clark Sauce. Does not so like, have many good options. Not but many good options. <laughs> they do have Fields coming back. They do have Addison. Like They might be able to do something, but it's not going to be enough to, to, yeah. to compete. Yeah, they're going to lose that game for sure. But really what matters is the matchup of the week, and that is Schluter versus Adam Cohen and Katz because it's a playoff game. The winner gets the last playoff spot. They get the number six seed here. 
uh, and the loser is going to be playing in the toilet bowl and have to play, face the likes of like Joey's juggernaut team now. <laughs> and they got Canellis, who's got actually quite the juggernaut as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty key matchups here. I have to say, we were excited to pull out the win on Schluter. We won by 0. .06 points. I thought for sure we were going to lose it at the end there, but um knowing we're playing joe this week who like you said is doing really well uh we were able to lock in that playoff spot so that'll be an interesting one for schluter and adam and cats uh really the the main interesting one to see and then like you said I, we were hoping we could potentially jump mike and mike uh for the bye but considering they're playing clark sauce we have no chance not happening yeah <laughs> yeah and I also just want to formally apologize to Schluter. In every league I'm with him, he has just been getting screwed. Uh, he's just like, <laughs> team's blowing up against him. He's had the hardest schedule. and I've had one of the hardest schedules in most leagues. Everywhere I've seen him, he's actually worse than me. So my condolences. And I'm, I keep forgetting that he's in a lot of chats that I'm complaining in about my schedule. Um, and then he's like, oh, I'm here too. I'm like, yeah, sorry about that. You, you did have it worse than me. <laughs> so formal apology on the air. But uh, – with that, before we close out, any final thoughts from you boys? Uh, really, one more week. Looking forward to it. Yeah, nothing for me. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of the NFF NSFW Dynasty Podcast. Good luck with your final regular season matchups, and hopefully you make it into the playoffs. Thanks for listening. Bye. SFW Dynasty Podcast. Tune in next time.